Make the choice to begin anywhere in your life, and the journey has started. We exist more than just to educate. We exist to also revitalize. And along the way, you can inspire others and be inspired. But now there's a new generation of scholars, and I am among them. If you really want to know who you are and what you are capable of, Howard is the choice for you. Take a moment. Listen to the stories by joining the president of Howard University, Dr. Wayne A.I. Frederick, and his guest on The Journey. Integrity, intelligence, humility. Three words at the top of the list when it comes to describing this veteran journalist. He anchors network newscasts and reaches to the depths of the truth. For nearly four decades, he has gone into the toughest places and posed the hardest questions. He is a compassionate storyteller who has a reputation for being fair and balanced and a lifetime career record to prove it. Hello, I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick, and my guest today on The Journey is the Howard University opening convocation speaker for 2018, award-winning anchor of the NBC Nightly News, Mr. Lester Holt. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. So you were born in California. Tell, tell me a little bit about your background. Well, I was an Air Force kid. My father was a career um, uh, NCO or sergeant in the, uh, in the Air Force. So I was born on a base near San Francisco and uh, mostly lived in different places in California. He was you know, deployed to Vietnam for a year and... Uh, we did four years in Alaska, but came back to California, uh, where I, you know, completed my junior and senior high school and started college and and my broadcasting career. And what drew you to journalism that early? You know, it, it's hard to know. I mean, we, my family, was always into current events. The news was always on. Um, you know, I, I, I remember watching the network newscasts as early as I can remember. I had an older brother. Um, who developed a passion for radio. He wanted to be a disc jockey when we were living in Alaska, and he let me come down to the station with him one day and, uh, you know, sitting in a studio like this, and I remember <laughs> just being just amazed at this. And then I decided I, too, wanted to be in broadcasting. Um, I hadn't thought about doing news. I wanted I wanted to play records, you know. Right. I wanted to, and so my, it turned out my first uh, on-air job um, was when I was in high school, but it wasn't quite what I imagined. I ended up, my first job was at a country and western uh, radio station in Sacramento. <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't a fan of, of the music, but, you know, it taught me the basics because, you know, no matter what format, of course, you know, a transmitter is a transmitter, an audio board is an audio board, and yeah. uh, it turned out to be a, a great opportunity. And then later... Uh, uh, once I started college, they said, well, you can, if you, you, know, you want to work full-time, we need a news reporter. And so I did that, and I literally learned on the job. Okay. Now, it, speaking of music, um, I, I've actually watched a segment where you went back to Jamaica, where you have some roots, and you seem to be really interested in reggae. I did, yeah. My, uh, my mother's side of the family is Jamaican. Uh, she had not been until... Uh, Oh, maybe about 20 years ago she went for the first time, and I, I had never been, and so we uh, made a couple of trips, one with the, with the TV cameras, um, and with kind of a, you know, discovering, you know, part of, yeah. part of my roots and relatives who I'd never met, and uh, including, you know, one who was uh, into, into record producing, and so we spent all the time with a, with a reggae band, and <laughs> as, you, as you may know, I'm a, I'm a musician, and right, I love, absolutely. and I love, and I'm at a point in my life, I love every kind of music. So... Obviously, you were one of the premier journalists, not just in the country, but in the world. There are probably people who, like myself, 
get our news almost every day from you. It's a big responsibility, and especially given uh, the state of our politics today, given the society, given how many different sources that you can get information from. How yeah. do you see that? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the you know things that uh, I like to I like to talk about because I think we're at a point now. It's important for us to remind news consumers, our viewers, um, what what their expectations should be of, of a broadcast like ours. We are uh, we're a mainstream uh, news outlet, and I and I know some people use that as a pejorative term now, but um, you know we come to the table every day knowing we've got thirty minutes. And we want to give people a slice of the day, try to put it in some balance and perspective, um, you know, that and it's not all going to be politics or, you know, sometimes it's going to be, you know, consumer news, things you can use. Sometimes it's going to be things that will make you smile, but try to give people a, a balanced diet. But I also remind people that, especially now, you've got to be you've got to be your own fact checker to a certain extent. You've got to really employ your critical thinking skills. The skyline of media outlets now is limitless. And we see all these, um, I call them pop-up news sites right now. And everything kind of seems like news, but you really have to ask questions. And, you know, is, you know does it pass the smell test? Is it reasonable? Um, what's the track record? You know, we've been, Nightly News has been on the air for 70 years. So that's a pretty good track record of, of experience, of, of, you know, a, a legacy of integrity and, and trying to get it right every day. So... I'm very proud of what we do, and I think we serve an important need. And I think it's, I think it's great. This is this huge skyline of media because there's a lot of outlets that will, you know, enlighten you in a particular way, or maybe it'll reinforce your worldview. But we do hope that you'll come back every night to us um, as kind of a, a port, you know, from the storm. It's it's pretty tossy <laughs> out there. It's uh, you know, I'll pick your metaphor. It's noisy. Uh, you know, the information's coming at us 90 miles an hour from all directions, people telling us what to think, what's trending. And we want to be that place you can pull in. It's a safe spot every night, and, and we'll try to lay out the day as best we can. You're listening to The Journey. My guest today is our opening convocation speaker for 2018, Mr. Lester Holt. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick. So when you get ready for an interview such as speaking to a head of state versus uh, on your segment at the very end of your segment, you always do a good feel story is what I call it. And, and I, I love the way that that ends the news cycle because regardless of what has been discussed for the previous 27 minutes or so, yeah. I always feel like that's, that's the right way to put things in perspective. What's the difference in getting ready for the head of state interview versus you know, the common person on the ground that you've probably never known about, somebody's giving you information yeah, about. It's, it's, and it's a good question. One of the things I, I think about very often as I walk off the set, what's the story that people are going to be talking about? What's the one they're going to say, wow, I was watching NBC last night and they did a story about XYZ. And one of the things I've learned over time, it's not always what you think is the grandiose big story, you know, and, right. and certainly we, we try to get the big interviews with the heads of state and whoever, and, and those are important. Um, but sometimes the stories that make the impact are, are those stories at the end. We've had amazing success. Um, we've got a whole a brand of stories that we run at the end of the broadcast, Inspiring America, mm -hmm. Those Who Serve. Um, you know, we, we, we profile you know, unsung heroes out there. Um, and the idea is to is gets back to that balance issue I talked about. We're gonna we're gonna tell you the big stories of the day, but you know, I gotta tell you, some days, Doctor, you know the uh, <laughs> the news is pretty heavy. Even right. I walk off the set like, wow, that was a tough day. 
Uh, and I, I noticed that people were stopping me more and more and saying just what you did. They're saying, I love those stories at the end, man. They make me feel good. And I think we all need now something kind of grounding that reminds us that, you know, we're not all we're not all supporters of the president or detractors of the president. We're just people just trying to get through the day. And, you know, we want we want something reaffirming, something that says that, you know, People still answer to higher callings and, and, you know, put themselves out there. And so those, you know, we put as much effort in those stories as we do those, you know, our top stories because right. it's important to people. Presidential debates are rare here. Obviously, they don't occur often. There are few people who ever in a lifetime would get to, you know, moderate one or, or participate in one. How do you see those in terms of are they really an opportunity for the entire country to get to know the candidates, to get to know their views on the issues. Well, I've done uh, I've done I think three debates now. I did a couple of um, primary debates, and then of course in this last presidential cycle, I did the first um, uh, Trump Clinton debate. They are important. Um, they're challenging. I, I will I can tell you, it's uh, very challenging to moderate one, especially in the uh, in the, you know, the polarizing climate that we find ourselves in right now. Um, but they can be very enlightening to watch how you know candidates th- think on their feet, um, their tone. Um, it was uh, when I when I did the debate. Uh, I remember in the first ten minutes, I was took my breath away because they were both so aggressive, and you know I had my whole game plan laid out. I had been studying for weeks, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, I guess we're just gonna we're just gonna ride through this one. Uh, it, it will go down as uh, certainly for me as the most challenging thing. I have ever done. Um, you know, the feedback was instantaneous in this day and age, and you know, you, people yeah. loved you and people had hated you. <laughs> and it was, uh, uh, and I, you know, I've, I've made jokes about, you know, people say, would you do it again? And, and I've made jokes, but the truth is, I would. Um, it was an honor to be asked. Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, it really kind of kicked off the, uh, the campaign season in, in earnest. Well, but in my humble opinion, you did a fantastic job. Switching gears a bit, I'm the father of a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, 14-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter. And, you know, just recently, uh, my son has developed an affinity for biology and my daughter is left-handed. I haven't seen a bad left-handed surgeon. (laughs) We all have that little piece of us that that would want our offspring to kind of follow in our footsteps. And, you know, I've read that your son even worked on the same floor with you at NBC. What has that been like, just yeah, having him I, there? I have two sons. Uh, one's 28 who works in finance. Then I have a 31-year-old who uh, followed me into broadcasting. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's such a, a hoot. You know, you get off the elevator and there's your kid standing there. Hey, Dad. <laughs> hey, Stefan. You know, um, he works at the local news in New York, so uh, WNBC. And, of course, I'm on the network side. But we're in the same building. So we, we cross paths in the cafeteria. Um I remember when I used to anchor Weekend Today show when he would be in high school and he was just so interested in current events and can I come down to the studio with you? I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm leaving at 4.30 in the morning, you know, and that's okay. And I'm like, what 16-year-old on a Saturday gets up and, you know, at 4.30 in the morning? But he was, he was so into it and um, he went to uh, college in California, Pepperdine University, and uh, one year there was a... a made brush fires around there and they had there was some celebrities homes had been burned down they, they sent me out there and uh i'm, I'm doing the story and there here comes stefan walking up with his little his camera and i know I said, okay you got the bug uh, that's, that's fantastic what's different about 
journalism today from when you started? Well, I tell you, um, one of the things is, is that uh, your mistakes are no longer in the past. You know, I, I, when I talk to young people who want to get in the business, I say, you know, I did some pretty dumb things on TV, said some pretty stupid things, and maybe people were watching and they looked at the TV and said, what an idiot. But then they kind of forgot about it. Right. Now, if first of all, now people, I think, are looking for you to make mistakes. Yeah. And then when you do make mistakes, yeah. people are clicking it on at their desk at, at work the next day and the day after that and the day after that. And uh, you don't get a break. You can't, uh, you can't make mistakes like, yeah. like we used to. Um, <laughs> And Sounds like the university presidency. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe so. And I, and I also, you know, I also fear sometimes that we can't be as forthcoming and, and honest. I mean, even though, even I'm, I'm speaking to you, not that I have anything necessarily controversial, but the edit switch is is working overtime because we all know we get in front of a microphone now or or even tweet something. If you get it wrong, if you say don't express something quite the way you intended. Um, or or you just say something stupid. You have to live yeah. with it and 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 you know read about it and and people don't really cut you a lot of slack right now. So I you know I think it's really hard um, for for people in the communication coming into the communications business right now um, because you don't have a lot of room. Absolutely. Yeah. Having said that, as we as we um, wrap up, there are several young people who will li- who will be listening to this and want to be the next Lester Holt. What is your advice about why journalism today? Uh, yeah, journalism is important today because, uh, you know, we all, listen, the basics haven't changed. You know, we're, our job is to shine a light in dark places, to give, you know, voices to the voiceless, or voice to the voiceless, to hold people in, in power accountable. That role, you know, has been constant. But I think we're, we're certainly in an era right now where, you know, um, media is, is being widely criticized and we need someone to defend it because it's important that we have you know, we're an important pillar of, of the democracy not and I don't want to overstate it but I mean you know we need you know we need people who can who can hold our leaders accountable um, and and there is a this I talked about this um, wide skyline of media right now but we need traditional outlets that will just kind of give you that you know as I said earlier be that you know port in the storm and just kind of lay out the day and, and what it means and put some perspective behind it uh, with without any, any glee of taking anyone down, but just it's just getting to the heart of the matter. Thanks for being here. My guest today has been our opening convocation speaker for 2018, Mr. Lester Holt, the anchor of NBC Nightly News. And I would say that he's the embodiment of our motto, truth and service. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick. Please join me next time on The Journey.